Chapter 8, Part 3 of The American Language. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Language by H. L. Mencken. Chapter 8, Proper Names in America. Part 3, Geographical Names. There is no part of the world, said Robert Louis Stevenson, where nomenclature is so rich, poetical, humorous, and picturesque as in the United States of America. A glance at the latest United States official postal guide or report of the United States Geographical Board quite bears out this opinion. The map of the country is besprinkled with place names from at least half a hundred languages, living and dead, and among them one finds examples of the most daring and elaborate fancy. There are Spanish, French, and Indian names as melodious and charming as running water. There are names out of the histories and mythologies of all the great races of man. There are names grotesque and names almost sublime. No other country can match them for interest and variety. When there arises among us a philologist who will study them as thoroughly and intelligently as the Swiss Johann Jakob Egli studied the place names of Central Europe, his work will be an invaluable contribution to the history of the nation, and no less to an understanding of the psychology of its people. The original English settlers, it would appear, displayed little imagination in naming the new settlements and natural features of the land that they came to. Their almost invariable tendency at the start was to make use of names familiar at home, or to invent banal compounds. Plymouth Rock at the north and Jamestown at the south are examples of their poverty of fancy. They filled the narrow tract along the coast with New Bostons, Cambridges, Bristols, and Londons, and often used the adjective as a prefix. But this was only in the days of the beginning. Once they had begun to move back from the coast and to come into contact with the Aborigines and with the widely dispersed settlers of other races, they encountered rivers, mountains, lakes, and even towns that bore far more engaging names and these, after some resistance, they perforce adopted. The native names of such rivers as the James, the York, and the Charles succumbed, but those of the Potomac, the Patapsco, the Merrimack, and the Penobscot survived, and they were gradually reinforced as the country was penetrated. Most of the Indian names, in getting upon the early maps, suffered somewhat, Severe simplifications. Potawatomiak was reduced to Potomac, P-O-T-O-M-A-C-K, and then to Potomac, P-O-T-O-M-A-C. Uniacara became Niagara. Rikawakis, by the law of Hobson Jobson, was turned into Rockaway, and Pentapong into Port Tobacco. But despite such elisions and transformations, the charm of thousands of them remained, and today they are responsible for much of the characteristic color of American geographical nomenclature, 
Such names as Tallahassee, Susquehanna, Mississippi, Allegheny, Chicago, Kennebec, Patuxent, and Arkansas give a barbaric brilliancy to the American map. Only the map of Australia, with its mellifluous Maori names, can match it. The settlement of the American continent, once the eastern coast ranges were crossed, proceeded with unparalleled speed, and so the naming of the new rivers, lakes, peaks, and valleys, and of the new towns and districts, no less, strained the inventiveness of the pioneers. The result is the vast duplication of names that shows itself in the postal guide. No less than 18 imitative Bostons and New Bostons still appear, and there are 19 Bristols, 28 Newports, and 22 Londons and New Londons. Argonauts, starting out from an older settlement on the coast, would take its name with them, and so we find Philadelphia's in Illinois, Mississippi, Missouri, and Tennessee, Richmond's in Iowa, Kansas, and nine other western states, and Princeton's in 15. Even when a new name was hit upon, it seems to have been hit upon simultaneously by scores of scattered bands of settlers. Thus we find the whole land bespattered with Washingtons, Lafayettes, Jeffersons, and Jacksons, and with names suggested by common and obvious natural objects, for example, Bear Creek, Bald Knob, and Buffalo. The Geographic Board, in its last report, made a belated protest against the successive duplication. The names Elk, Beaver, Cottonwood, and Bald, it said, are altogether too numerous. Of post offices alone, there are fully a hundred embodying elk. Counting in rivers, lakes, creeks, mountains, and valleys, the map of the United States probably shows at least twice as many such names. A study of American geographical and place names reveals eight general classes as follows. A. Those embodying personal names, chiefly the surnames of pioneers or of national heroes. B. Those transferred from other and older places, either in the eastern states or in Europe. C. Indian names. D. Dutch, Spanish, and French names. E. Biblical and mythological names. F. Names descriptive of localities. G. Names suggested by the local flora, fauna, or geology. H. Purely fanciful names. The names of the first class are perhaps the most numerous. Some consist of surnames standing alone, as Washington, Cleveland, Bismarck, Lafayette, Taylor, and Randolph. Others consist of surnames in combination with various old and new Grundwörter, as Pittsburgh, Knoxville, Bailey Switch, Hagerstown, Franklinton, Dodge City, Fort Riley, Wayne Junction, and McKeesport, and yet others are contrived of given names, either alone or in combination, as Louisville, St. Paul, Elizabeth, Johnstown, Charlotte, Williamsburg, and Marysville. 
The number of towns in the United States bearing women's given names is enormous. I find, for example, 11 post offices called Charlotte, 10 called Ada, and no less than 19 called Alma. Most of these places are small, but there is an Elizabeth with 75,000 population, and Elmira with 40,000, and an Augusta with nearly 45,000. The names of the second class we have already briefly observed. They are betrayed in many cases by the prefix new. More than 600 such post offices are recorded, ranging from New Albany to New Windsor. Others bear such prefixes as West, North, and South, or various distinguishing affixes, for example, Bostonia, Pittsburgh Landing, Yorktown, and Hartford City. One often finds eastern county names applied to western towns, and eastern town names applied to western rivers and mountains. Thus, Cambria, which is the name of a county but not of a post office in Pennsylvania, is a town name in seven western states. Baltimore is the name of a glacier in Alaska, and Princeton is the name of a peak in Colorado. In the same way, the names of the more easterly states often reappear in the West. For example, in Mount Ohio, Colorado, Delaware, Oklahoma, and Virginia City, Nevada. The tendency to name small American towns after the great capitals of antiquity has excited the derision of the English since the early days. There is scarcely an English book upon the states without some fling at it. Of late it has fallen into abeyance, though sixteen Athenses still remain, and there are yet many Carthages, Uticas, Syracuse, Romes, Alexandrias, Ninevehs, and Troys. The third city of the nation, Philadelphia, got its name from the ancient stronghold of Philadelphus of Pergamon. To make up for the falling off of this old and flamboyant custom, the more recent immigrants have brought with them the names of the capitals and other great cities of their fatherlands. Thus the American map bristles with Berlins, Bremens, Hamburgs, Warsaws, and Leipzigs, and is beginning to show Stockholms, Venices, Belgrades, and Christianas. The influence of Indian names upon American nomenclature is quickly shown by a glance at the map. No less than 26 of the states have names borrowed from the Aborigines, and the same thing is true of most of our rivers and mountains. There was an effort, at one time, to get rid of these Indian names. Thus the early Virginians changed the name of Powhatan to the James, and the first settlers of New York changed the name of Horicon to Lake George. In the same way, the present name of the White Mountains displaced Agiochuk, and New Amsterdam and later New York displaced Manhattan, which has been recently revived. The law of Hobson Jobson made changes in other Indian names, sometimes complete and sometimes only partial. Thus, Mawawaming became Wyoming, Mokwachung became Mochchunk. Obichi became Wabish. A Sing Sing became Sing Sing. And 
Machahiganing became Michigan. But this vandalism did not go far enough to take away the brilliant color of the aboriginal nomenclature. The second city of the United States bears an Indian name, and so do the largest American river and the greatest American waterfall and four of the five great lakes and the scene of the most important military decision ever reached on American soil. The Dutch place names of the United States are chiefly confined to the vicinity of New York, and a good many of them have become greatly corrupted. Brooklyn, Wallabout, and Gramercy often examples. The first name was originally Brickelen, the second was Walla Bopt, and the third was De Kromerzi. Hellgate is a crude translation of the Dutch Hellegat. During the early part of the last century, the more delicate New Yorkers transformed the term into Hellgate, but the change was vigorously opposed by Washington Irving, and so Hellgate was revived. The law of Hobson Jobson early converted the Dutch Hook into Hook, and it survives in various place names, for example, Kinderhook and Sandy Hook. The Dutch Kill is a Grundvert in many other names, for example, Catskill, Skykill, Peekskill, Fishkill, and Kilvenkull. It is the equivalent of the American Creek. Many other Dutch place names will come familiarly to mind. Harlem, Staten, Flushing, Cortland, Culverplot, Nassau, Conties, Spuyten Duyvel, Yonkers, Hoboken, and Bowery, from Bouvery. Block Island was originally Block, B-L-O-K, and Cape May, according to Shelley de Vere, was May, M-E-Y, both Dutch. A large number of New York street and neighborhood names come down from Knickerbocker days, and often greatly changed in pronunciation. Debroses offers an example. The Dutch called it Debruse, but in New York today it is commonly spoken of as Desbroses. French place names have suffered almost as severely. Few persons would recognize Smackover, the name of a small town in Arkansas, as French. And yet, in its original form, Chemin Couvert. Shelley Duvert, in 1871, recorded the degeneration of the name to smack cover. The post office, always eager to shorten and simplify names, has since made one word of it and got rid of the redundant C. In the same way, Bob Rooley, a Missouri name, descends from Boy Brule. The American tongue, says W. W. Crane, seems to lend itself reluctantly to the words of alien languages. Footnote. It will be recalled how Pignot, the French perfumer, was compelled to place advertisements in the streetcars instructing the public in the proper pronunciation of his name. End footnote. This is shown plainly by the history of French place names among us. A large number of them, for example, Lac Supérieur, was translated into English at an early day, 
and most of those that remain are now pronounced as if they were English. Thus, Demois is Des Moines. Terhout is Terry Hot. Beaufort is Beaufort. New Orleans is Orleans. Lafayette has a flat A. Hors du Gras has another. And Versailles is Versailles. The pronunciation of Saul in Saul St. Marie is commonly more or less correct. The Minneapolis St. Paul and Saul St. Marie Railroad is popularly called the Sioux. This may be due to Canadian example or to some confusion between Saw and Sioux, S-I-O-U-X. The French Louis in St. Louis and Louisville is usually pronounced correctly. So is the Rouge in Baton Rouge, though the Baton is commonly boggled. It is possible that familiarity with St. Louis influenced the local pronunciation of Illinois, which is Illinois, but this may be a mere attempt to improve upon the vulgar Illini. Footnote. The same compromise is apparent in the pronunciation of Iroquois, which is Iroquois, quite as often as it is Iroquois, with an S. End of footnote. For a number of years, the Geographic Board has been seeking vainly to re-establish the correct pronunciation of the name of the Purgatoire River in Colorado. Originally named the Rio de la Animas by the Spaniards, it was renamed the Riviere du Purgatoire by their French successors. The American pioneers changed this to Picketwire, and that remains the local name of the stream to this day, despite the effort of the Geographic Board to compromise on Purgatory River. Many other French names are being anglicized with its aid and consent. Already half a dozen Bellevues, B-E-L-L-E-V-U-E-S, have been changed to Bellevues, B-E-L-L-E-V-I-E-W-S, and Bellevues, B-E-L-L-V-I-E-W-S. And the spelling of the nearly all the Belvedere's, B-E-L-V, accented E, V, accented E, R-E-S has been changed to Belvedere, B-E-L-V-I-D-E-R-E. Bel Air, Louisiana, represents the end product of a process of decay which began with Bel Air. B-E-L-L-E, capital A-I-R-E. And then proceeded to Bel Air and Bel Air, B-E-L-L-A-I-R-E and B-E-L-L-A-I-R, respectively. All these forms are still to be found together with Bel Air. B-E-L, capital A-I-R. The geographic board's antipathy to accented letters and to names of more than one word has converted Isle St. Therese in the St. Lawrence River to Isle St. Therese, a truly abominable barbarism, and Lassigne in Kansas to Lassine, which is even worse. Le Moyne, La Belle, La Grange, and Lamont are among its other improvements. Lafayette for La Fayette long antedates the beginning of its labors. 
the spanish names of the southwest are undergoing a like process of corruption though without official aid san antonio has been changed to san anton in popular pronunciation and seems likely to go to santon el paso has acquired a flat american a and a z sound in place of the spanish s los angeles presents such difficulties that no two of its inhabitants agree upon the proper pronunciation and many compromise on simple loss as the folks of jacksonville commonly call their town jacks some of the most mellifluous of american place names are in the areas once held by the spaniards it would be hard to match the beauty of santa margarita san anselmo alamogordo terra amarilla sabinoso las palomas ensenada nogales san patricio and bernalillo but they are under a severe and double assault not only do the present lords of the soil debase them in speaking them in many cases they are formally displaced by native names of the utmost harshness and banality thus one finds in new mexico such absurdly named towns as sugarite shoemaker new hope lordsburg eastview and central in arizona such places as old glory springerville wickenburg and congress junction and even in california such abominations as oakhurst ben hur dry town skidoo susanville uno and ono the early spaniards were prodigal with place names testifying to their piety but these names in the overwhelming main were those of saints add salvador trinidad and concepcion and their repertoire is almost exhausted if they ever named a town jesus the name had been obliterated by anglo-saxon prudery even their use of the name as a personal appellation violates american notions of the fitting the names of the jewish patriarchs and those of the holy places in palestine do not appear among their place names their christianity seems to have been exclusively of the new testament but the americans who displaced them were intimately familiar with both books of the bible and one finds copious proofs of it on the map of the united states there are no less than seven bethlehems in the postal guide and the name is also applied to various mountains and to one of the reaches of the ohio river i find thirteen bethanies seventeen bethels eleven beulahs nine canons eleven jordans and twenty-one sharons adam is sponsor for a town in west virginia and an island in the chesapeake and eve for a village in kentucky there are five post offices named aaron two named abraham two named job and a town and a lake named moses most of the st paul's and st joseph's of the country were inherited from the french but the two st patrick's show a later influence 
eight Wesleys and Wesleyvilles, eight Asburys and twelve names embodying Luther, indicate the general theological trend of the plain people. There is a village in Maryland, too small to have a post office, named Gott, and I find Gott's Island in Maine and Gottville in California, but no doubt these were named after German settlers of that awful name, and not after the Lord God directly. There are four trinities, to say nothing of the inherited Spanish trinidads. Names wholly or partly descriptive of localities are very numerous throughout the country, and among the Grundwörter embodied in them are terms highly characteristic of America, and almost unknown to the English vocabulary. Bald knob would puzzle an Englishman, but the name is so common in the United States that the Geographic Board has had to take measures against it. Others of that sort are council bluffs, Patapsco Neck, Delaware Water Gap, Curtis Creek, Walden Pond, Sandy Hook, Key West, Bull Run, Portage, French Lick, Jones Gulch, Watkins Gully, Cedar Bayou, Keams Canyon, Parker Notch, Sucker Branch, Frazier's Bottom, and Eagle Pass. Butt Creek in Montana is a name made up of two Americanisms. There are 35 post offices whose names embody the word prairie. Several of them, for example, Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin, inherited from the French. There are seven divides, eight butts, eight town names embodying the word burnt, innumerable names embodying grove, barren, plain, fork, center, crossroads, courthouse, cove, and ferry, and a great swarm of cold springs, cold waters, summits, middle towns, and highlands. The flora and fauna of the land are enormously represented. There are 22 buffaloes beside the city in New York, and scores of buffalo creeks, ridges, springs, and wallows. The elks, in various forms, are still more numerous, and there are dozens of towns, mountains, lakes, creeks, and country districts named after the beaver, marten, coyote, moose, and otter, and as many more named after such characteristic flora as the pawpaw, the sycamore, the cottonwood, the locust, and the sunflower. There is an alligator in Mississippi, a crawfish in Kentucky, and a rat lake on the Canadian border of Minnesota. The endless search for mineral wealth has besprinkled the map with such names as bromide, oil city, anthracite, chrome, chloride, coal run, goldfield, telluride, leadville, and cement. There was a time, particularly during the gold rush to California, when the rough humor of the country showed itself in the invention of extravagant and often highly felicitous place names. But with the growth of population and the rise of civic spirit, they have tended to be replaced with more seemly coinages. Catfish Creek in Wisconsin is now the Yahara River. 
The Bulldog Mountains in Arizona have become the Hirosomas. The Picket Wire River, as we have seen, has resumed its old French name of Purgatoire. As with natural features of the landscape, so with towns. Nearly all the old Boozevilles, Jackass Flats, Three Fingers, Hell Fasartanes, Undershirt Hills, Razzle Dazzles, Cow Tails, Yellow Dogs, Jim Jamses, Jump Offs, Poker Cities, and Skunk Towns have yielded to the growth of delicacy. But Tombstone still stands in Arizona. Gooseville remains a post office in Montana, and the Geographic Board gives its imprimatur to the Horse Thief Trail in Colorado, to Burning Bear Creek in the same state, and to Pig Eye Lake in Minnesota. Various other survivors of a more lively and innocent day linger on the map. Blue Ball, Arkansas. Cowhide, West Virginia. Dollarville, Michigan. Oven Fork, Kentucky. Social Circle, Georgia. Sleepy Eye, Minnesota. Bubble, Arkansas. Shy Beaver, Pennsylvania. Shin Pond, Maine. Rough and Ready, California. Non-Intervention, Virginia. Noodle, Texas. Nursery, Missouri. Number 4, New York. Oblong, Illinois. Stockyard, Nebraska. Stout, Iowa, and so on. West Virginia, the wildest of the eastern states, is full of such place names. Among them I find Affinity, Anamoria, Anamoria, D, Bias, Big Chimney, Billy, Blue Jay, Bulltown, Caress, Cinderella, Cyclone, Czar, Cornstalk, Duck, Halcyon, Jingo, Left Hand, Raven's Eye, Six, Skull Run, Three Churches, Unita, Wide Mouth, or Eagle, and Stumptown. The postal guide shows two Ben-Hurs, five St. Elmos, and ten Ivanhoes, but only one Middle March. There are seventeen Roosevelts, six Cody's, and six Barnum's, but no Shakespeare. Washington, of course, is the most popular of American place names, but among names of post offices, it is hard pushed by Clinton, Centerville, Liberty, Canton, Marion, and Madison, even by Springfield, Warren, and Bismarck. The Geographic Board, in its laudable effort to simplify American nomenclature, has played ducks and drakes with some of the most picturesque names on the national map. Now and then, as in the case of Purgatoire, it has temporarily departed from this policy, but in the main its influence has been thrown against the fine old French and Spanish names, and against the more piquant native names, no less. Thus, I find it deciding against Portage de Flacon, and in favor of the hideous bottle portage, against Canada del Bureau, and in favor of Bureau Canyon, against Canos y las de la Cruz, and in favor of the barbarous Cruz Island. In Borgia Landing, in Canyon City, it has deleted the accents. The name of the De Grasse River, it has changed to Grass. De Law, it has changed to the intolerable De Lowe. 
and as we have seen, it has steadily amalgamated French and Spanish articles with their nouns, thus achieving such forms as Duchesne, El Dorado, Dillion, and La Harpe. But here its policy is fortunately inconsistent, and so a number of fine old names has escaped. Thus it has decided in favor of Bon Secure and against Bon Secours, and in favor of De Soto, La Crosse, and La More, and against De Soto, La Crosse, and La More. Here its decisions are confused and often unintelligible. Why La Porte, Pennsylvania, and La Porte, Iowa? Why LaGrange, Indiana, and LaGrange, Kentucky? Here it would seem to be yielding a great deal too much to local usage. The board proceeds to the shortening and simplification of native names by various devices. It deletes such suffixes as town, city, and courthouse. It removes the apostrophe and often the genitive s from such names as St. Mary's. It shortens burg, b-u-g-r-h, to b-u-r-g, and borough, b-o-r-o-u-g-h, to b-o-r-o, and it combines separate and often highly discrete words. The last habit often produces grotesque forms. For example, New Berlin, Box Elder, Sabbath Day Lake, Fallen Timber, Blue Mountain, West Down, Three Pines, and Mission Hill. It apparently cherishes a hope of eventually regularizing the spelling of Allegheny. This is now A-L-L-E-G-A-N-Y for the Maryland County, the Pennsylvania Township, and the New York and Oregon Towns. A-L-L-E-G-H-A-N-Y for the mountains, the Colorado Town, and the Virginia Town and Springs. And Allegheny, A-L-L-E-G-H-E-N-Y for the Pittsburgh Borough and the Pennsylvania County College and River. The board inclines to Allegheny with the H and the E for both river and mountains. Other Indian names give it constant concern. It struggles to set up Kemquasa Bamtikuk as the name of a main lake in place of Kemquasa Bamtik and Kemquasa Bamtikuk with two S's and Chattahaspi as the name of an Alabama creek in place of Chattahaspi with two T's. Hulifloco, Hulithlokis, Hulithloco with one C and Hutithloco with two C's, are worthy of its learning and authority. Footnote. The Geographic Board is composed of representatives of the Coast and Geodetic Survey, the Geological Survey, the General Land Office, the Post Office, the Forest Service, the Smithsonian Institution, the Biological Survey, the Government Printing Office, the Census and Lighthouse Bureaus, the General Staff of the Army, the Hydrographic Office, Library and War Records Office of the Navy, the Treasury, and the Department of State. It was created by Executive Order September 4, 1890, and its decisions are binding upon all federal officials. It has made to date about 15,000 decisions. 
they are recorded in reports issued at irregular intervals and in more frequent bulletins. End of footnote. The American tendency to pronounce all the syllables of a word more distinctly than the English shows itself in geographical names. White, in 1880, recorded the increasing habit of giving full value to the syllables of such borrowed English names as Worcester and Warwick. I have frequently noted the same thing. In Worcester County, Maryland, the name is usually pronounced Worcester, but on the western shore of the state, one hears Worcester. Footnote. I have often noted that Americans, in speaking of the familiar Worcestershire sauce, commonly pronounce every syllable and enunciated shire distinctly. In England, it is always Worcestershire. End of footnote. Norwich is another such name. One hears Norwich quite as often as Norwich. Footnote. The English have a great number of such decayed pronunciations. For example, Magdalen for Magdalene College. Sister for Serenchester. Marybone for Marylebone. Their geographical nomenclature shows many corruptions due to faulty pronunciation and the law of Hobson Jobson. For example, Leighton Buzzard for the Norman French Leighton Beau de Sart. End of footnote. Yet another is Delhi. One often hears Delhi. White said that in his youth the name of the Shawangunk Mountains in New York was pronounced Shongo, but that the custom of pronouncing it as spelled had arisen during his manhood, so with Winnipesaukee, the name of a lake, or Winnipesaukee, it gradually came to be pronounced as spelled. There is frequently a considerable difference between the pronunciation of a name by natives of a place and its pronunciation by those who are familiar with it only in print. Baltimore offers an example. The natives always drop the medial I, and so reduce the name to two syllables. The habit identifies them. Anne Arundel, the name of a county in Maryland, is usually pronounced and Runnel by its people. Arkansas, as everyone knows, is pronounced Arkansas by the Arkansans, and the Nevadans give the name of their state a flat A. The local pronunciation of Illinois I have already noticed. Iowa, at home, is often Iowa. Footnote. Curiously enough, Americans always use the broad A in the first syllable of Albany, whereas Englishmen rhyme the syllable with pal. The English also pronounce palmal as if it were spelt P-A-L-M-A-L. -L. Americans commonly give it two broad A's. End of footnote. Many American geographical names offer great difficulty to Englishmen. One of my English acquaintances tells me that he was taught at school to accent Massachusetts on the second syllable, to rhyme the second syllable of Ohio with T, and to sound the first C in Connecticut. In Maryland, the name of Calvert County is given a broad A, 
whereas the name of Calvert Street in Baltimore has a flat A. This curious distinction is almost always kept up. A Scotchman coming to America would give the CH in such names as Loch Raven and Loch Vale the guttural Scotch and German sound, but locally it is always pronounced as if it were a K. Finally, there is a curious difference between English and American usage in the use of the word river. The English invariably put it before the proper name, whereas we almost as invariably put it after. The Thames River would seem quite as strange to an Englishman as the River Chicago would seem to us. This difference arose more than a century ago and was noticed by Pickering, but in his day the American usage was still somewhat uncertain, and such forms as the River Mississippi were yet in use. Today, River almost always goes after the proper name. End of chapter 8, part 3